0: Are Jesus and Lucifer brothers? We'll discuss that and more next on Polygamy, What Love Is This?
1: Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hanson. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events related to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris.
0: First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 in the Bible warns us that there are people who will depart from the truth and embrace doctrines of demons. Today we're going to be discussing two of those kinds <laughs> of doctrines that Mormonism teaches. The first is Jesus, the only begotten son of God, or Lucifer's brother, because he can't be both. And the second addresses the teaching that obedience to laws and ordinances of their religion earns them ter- eternal life. So we'll start with Jesus. <laughs> Good place to start.
1: No, not, not a great place to start, yeah.
0: No, actually, you know, if you study the word only begotten
1: yeah.
0: in the Greek, yeah. There's no one who can ever honestly claim that Jesus Christ is our elder brother and the brother of Satan. If they fully understood the word in the Greek, what that means. And, and I was studying that again a few weeks ago and I thought, you know, I really need to do something yeah. on this, and, and in order to determine the genuine definition of learning what the original language is for any word in in the Bible, you need to have a Greek new a Greek a dictionary for the New Testament and a Hebrew dictionary for the Old Testament. And all languages have their own dictionaries, which defines the words of their language. Now, a Greek and a Hebrew Bible dictionary actually is mandatory for any honest, deep Bible study to learn authentic definitions that are of the words that are translated into our English Bibles. Now Webster's dictionary will not do, it absolutely not do. It has to be a Bible concordance and a dictionary or lexicon because they explain the correct definition of each word within its context and in its language that it was originally used. And ignoring context of course always results in monumental error, which (laughs) is done with the Mormonism. Irregularly, yes. Now, each biblical writer was inspired by God to, re- to record precisely what God intended for him to write, not in English, but in the original languages, Greek or Hebrew. For those who doubt this, you do need to know that God is able to do whatever he chooses to do, and he tells us this from Second Timothy.
1: In yeah, chapters 3, uh, verse 16, "...all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness."
0: Now I use Bible commentaries and uh, written by Bible scholars who know Bible languages. And one commentary on this verse the earl just read writes this about that verse.
1: <laughs> kind of defines the scripture here. <laughs> All scripture means scripture in its every part God breathed is inspired came from within God himself. Most of the New Testament books are already had already been written when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. So this statement includes not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament books too. The question is not how God did it or the men who wrote it, but the word itself is breathed out by God himself. All scripture is so inspired by God that everything in its narratives, prophecies, citations, ideas, phrases, and words are such as he saw fit there to be there.
0: So that throws away the idea that it's just written by man. Right. You know, and who, who knows if they got it right? Well, God knows, and he is able to do whatever he wants to do especially with the Bible. The biblical text and its translations as we have them have been proven accurate and trustworthy. More importantly, God has promised to preserve his word, and Jesus said his words would never pass away. So we can trust the Bible. There are very few uh, who embrace the Mormon faith that ever consult a Bible concordance and dictionary to learn correct definitions. And using the Mormon Bible dictionary is not a good idea either. Now, one of the worst heretical Mormon teachings is that Jesus is our elder brother and also Lucifer's spirit brother. So we're going to look at the original language and define the Greek word used to present Jesus Christ as God's only begotten son. Now, first of all, we need to read three verses from the scripture just to get a pattern of what it teaches about Jesus. And
1: these are all from John 1.18. No man hath seen God at any time The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And from John 3.16, we all know this one, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And from 3.18, He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God.
0: So here we have established the context of the only begotten Son of God. And it's used in the Bible, and Mormonism knows it is. They've just taken what it means and defined it otherwise. uh, Mormons and polygamists both believe that that Jesus is God's only begotten Son, but their definition is as far from the truth as heaven is from hell. (laughs) And that is troubling. It is. So let's read from Mormon Doctrine.
1: Yeah, this is big. Mormon Doctrine, page 388. The only begotten of the Father, from Moses 5, 9... These name titles all signify that our Lord is the only Son of the Father in the flesh. Each of the words is to be understood literally. Only means only, begotten means begotten, and Son means Son. Christ was begotten by an immortal Father in the same way that mortal men are begotten by mortal fathers.
0: Now, this is all wrong. This is a wrong definition. (laughs) And the definition of the phrase Son of God from the official Mormon Bible Dictionary is this. Says this,
1: There is a consistency in Scripture, ancient and modern, that Jesus Christ is literally the Son of God the Father, being the only begotten of the Father in the flesh.
0: Now this definition of the Son of God is very misleading because there is no mention of any authentic historical Scripture that Jesus is literally the Son of God the Father. Now literally, <laughs> when they use it, means yeah. that God had the, sex with Mary to conceive yeah. Jesus. Of course, that's incest because they also believe that Mary is the God, son, God the daughter of God. Right. <laughs> or Ezra Taft Benson taught this.
1: The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints proclaims that Jesus Christ is the Son of God in the most literal sense. The body in which he performed his mission in the flesh was sired by that same holy being we worship as God, our Eternal Father. Jesus was not the son of Joseph, nor... Was he begotten by the Holy Ghost?
0: Whoa! Now that's blasphemy, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's
1: right against the whole, uh, Bible. Yeah.
0: yeah, they they don't even they deny God's own testimony <laughs> yeah. about Jesus's conception of birth, and here it is.
1: Yeah, Matthew one eighteen says, "Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise: when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost."
0: So who do we believe? What God said or what Benson says? <laughs> Mary uh, was with child through the Holy Spirit, the Bible's very clear. Did God the Father, uh, God the Father did not physically sire Jesus Christ like they claim. Mm -hmm. Now let's read what they say about Jesus and Satan being brothers.
1: Yeah, The teachings of President (laughs) Kimball in 1982. Spencer W. Kimball said about Satan's temptation of Jesus in the wilderness that a momentous momentous contest took place between two brothers, (coughs) Jehovah and Lucifer, sons of Elohim. Satan, also a son of God, had rebelled and had been cast out of heaven and not permitted an earthly body as had his brother Jehovah.
0: (laughs) Now, Jehovah has no brothers. Jehovah is the creator of everything, including all the angels, including the one they call Lucifer. We have used trusted biblical Greek language scholars to present the correct definition of the words that are translated into English as only begotten Son. A concordance is a big thick book <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, got, one of those.
0: <laughs> that's got every single word of the Bible in the book. They've assigned numbers to each word and then they have the definitions of those numbers and where, where every place that that word is in yeah. the Bible. Yeah. And beginning in <clears throat> Strong's Concordance of the Bible, Strong's number that they assigned is 3439. The Greek word is monogene. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, (laughs) but this is the Greek word for the word only begotten son. And it means only born. It means only child. It means soul or only one. Okay. Now that's not my definition. This is Strong's concordance. It does not mean the only one born of the flesh, which is what they said it means. It means the one. It means the only one, period. Now, our Greek word study says this.
1: Yeah, unique, one of a kind, one and only, the only one of the family. John alone uses monogenes to describe the relation of Jesus to God, the Father, presenting him as the unique <coughs> one, the only one, monos, of a class or kind, genos, in the discussion of the relationship of the Son to the Father. So then the word means one of a kind or unique. Jesus is never called Technon Theo, which indicates human believers as children of God. To Jesus, God was not a father as he is to us. He never spoke of God as the common father of him and believers.
0: Now this is not personal opinion. <laughs> this is study of the language definitions of the Greek language which is used to write the Old Testament. Jesus is one of a kind. He is the one and only, the only one of the family. There is no one else who shares who he is as God's son. The one and the only one. That's the true definition of monogenes, translated only begotten son. (laughs) But Mormon gospel principles, as we read a few minutes ago, contradicts what God said about Jesus
1: yeah, from page 52 and 53 Jesus is the only person on earth to be born of a mortal mother and an immortal father and that's why he is called the only begotten son
0: now that's not why he's called the only begotten son but that's what they say they mistakenly yeah. teaches that he's called the only begotten son because he was born in the flesh that God sired Jesus with Mary, uh, had sex with Mary. That's absolutely, totally impossible. Since Jesus is the only one, how can God have sired through a mother in heaven billions of spirits with Jesus just being one of billions? Impossible. The definition of the word prohibits that. Jesus is God, the only God, God the creator, God our savior. The phrase only begotten son of god in the original language repeatedly repeating absolutely prohibits the strange doctrine of Jesus and the devil being brothers and Jesus being our elder brother it just is not a possibility now bible scholar rob bowman junior has many articles about biblical topics from which uh, which you can find on um, the the internet irr.org and the next quote is from one of his articles
1: The book of Hebrews makes it clear that Jesus Christ is God's son in a unique sense that sets him apart from and above all the angels. Those angels might as a group be called God's sons in some general figurative sense, but as the book of Hebrews points out, God never said to any individual angel, you are my son. And you can go it's to Hebrews, Hebrews 1 and 5 to find that. Uh-huh. And
0: I suggest our viewers who are interested in this topic to go read Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. is a good one, too. Hebrews chapter 1 describes Jesus as the God and the creator of all things, creating and receiving worship from all the angels. The devil became a bad angel who was kicked out of heaven when he attempted to become like God. Angels are called sons of God only in the respect that God created them not that he sired them. Bowman also writes this.
1: (laughs) These truths about Jesus Christ reveal that his status as God's son is that of an equal, someone who is himself God, as Hebrews 1.8 says, and see also John 1.1, John 20 and 28, verse 28, and Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. This is not true of the angels, nor will it ever be true of human beings, even those saved through faith in Christ. So Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, the one
0: and only. He is no one's elder brother. He is God Almighty, God the Creator. Now, our next topic is from Mormonism's third article of faith that every time I read it, I just shudder <laughs> because it, it's, it is so You're, not
1: biblical. <laughs> no, it is an article of faith number three. We believe, actually, that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. I haven't read it that way. That through Christ's atonement, we can be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel.
0: Okay, so (laughs) we can be saved by doing such and such things. Obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's what we're going to look at now and compare it to what does the Bible say about that article of faith? Yeah. Now, according to this, salvation is achieved by obedience to Mormon laws and obedience. And, and using the online Mormon Bible dictionary, I could not find in their dictionary the words salvation,
1: Seriously? save,
0: eternal life, or exaltation. Now, I don't have a hard copy, but this I looked at it on the internet and I couldn't find those words. But I did find the word for heaven, (laughs) which didn't even define Mormon salvation because Mormon salvation isn't biblical. But anyway, I have no idea what their criteria was for excluding some of these very important Bible words from their Bible dictionary. But there are other official places to go to find it. And we went into Nephi, And here's one.
1: Yeah, chapter 25, verse 23 of 2 Nephi. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved, after all we can do.
0: (laughs) After all we can do, right? And, of course, the word saved obviously refers to salvation, right? It does, doesn't it?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mormonism says resurrection or something. (laughs) Oh, right. Well, Wilford, (laughs) Wilford Woodruff says this if i ever obtain a full salvation it will be by my keeping the laws of god
0: okay now notice that he refers to a full salvation (laughs) there's no such thing as a partial salvation there either are you're not it's like being a little bit pregnant i guess i don't (laughs) know there's no such thing either are you're not now from mormonism's doctrinal new testament commentary we read
1: this dear bruce r McConkie, salvation grows Automatically out of the resurrection and the coming forth in the resurrection constitutes the receipt of whatever degree of salvation has been earned. By one degree of obedience or another, all men in this life develop either celestial, terrestrial, or telestial bodies, or in the case of those destined to be sons of perdition, bodies of a baser sort."
0: Wow, they like to do these words baser and exaltation and all that stuff, don't they? Yeah. So they define salvation as being automatic, Yeah. right? And yeah. and that's what the resurrection is, saved, right. is, is salvation. And after the resurrection, then it's determined what kind of salvation a person has earned. earned yeah. But that's not what the Bible means by salvation. And we again went to the concordance, because that's how we learn what these words really mean. In the
1: original language. And it's right
0: Strong's Concordance number 4991. If you want to check me out, please do. It means safety, deliverance, preservation from danger or doctrine, or, or destruction, excuse me, deliverance from sin and its punishment, admission into eternal life in the kingdom of Christ. Now this is from the Complete Word Study New Testament written by a very well thought of scholar on the Bible (laughs) languages. From Revel's Bible Dictionary, that says this about
1: salvation. On page 887 it says, salvation then is God's work by which he completely changes the moral condition of the believer, not only releasing him or her from sin and the prospect of facing divine wrath, but even making the believer able to do truly good works.
0: Salvation is totally the work of God. We hope that you notice that in these definitions, polygamy is not once mentioned (laughs) as being essential. Salvation is exclusively God's work accomplished on our behalf by Jesus Christ. Our part is to receive the grace offered to us by believing and trusting God alone, receiving this grace by faith alone. This faith is an active trust in God. It is not just intellectually agreeing to statements about God or to just believe he exists. Now, the biblical word for salvation means to be saved from the consequences of sin. And we are all sinners in need of God's salvation. Remember, the Book of Mormon, in error, says we're saved after all we can do. And Wilford Woodruff said, salvation is by keeping the laws of God. Now come the add-ons. Yeah,
1: from Ezra Taft Benson, he said this in the Ensign, May of 1988. Understand that temple marriage is essential to your salvation and exaltation.
0: There you go. There you go. <clears throat> Temple marriage—never a biblical concept, but it is an add-on by the Mormons. But in fact, in chapter seven of First Corinthians in the Bible, Paul says that there are some cases where it's better never to get married. Why did he say that if it was necessary? That's right. <laughs> Mormon teachings frequently use the term "fullness" uh, fullness of the gospel. Well, that's kind of contradictory in itself, but here's what it says.
1: (laughs) The phrase fullness of the gospel refers to the whole doctrine of redemption demonstrated and taught in the ministry and life of Jesus Christ. It consists in those laws, doctrines, ordinances, powers, and authorities needed to enable men to gain the fullness of salvation. So according to this, we we must do all we can,
0: full obedience to everything all the time, including temple marriage, and that's what they teach. Obedience to Mormon laws without fail is essential, but it is impossible. Now, polygamists believe the same things. Many of them just don't have a Mormon temple, so they they designate their own building to do those things uh, to serve the same purpose, especially their marriages. But what does God say about all this? We start from Acts.
1: Acts 15, 10 and 11. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Jesus, that we are saved just as they are. Just as they are.
0: Grace. Just through grace. Not laws and ordinances of Mormon. uh, They they place huge burdens on the people. And and no one can possibly comply (laughs) with them all. The New Testament asks questions about religious requirements for eternal life. We'll start in Galatians.
1: These are so good. Galatians 3, uh, verses 2 and 3. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort?
0: See, that it's a rhetorical question is very, yeah. very important in this discussion and in any religion that believes you have to obey laws and ordinances. God calls those who rely on human effort as foolish people. Let's do Galatians
1: Three six. 3, 6. Uh, consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him, credited. To him as righteousness.
0: Now, one of the most impo- this is one of the most important verses in all of Scripture. Believing God equals righteousness. Religious works of self-righteousness, which God rejects. That's right. In fact, God has a serious warning to all religions that rely upon observing religious law to make them right with God.
1: Galatians chapter three, now well, verses ten and eleven. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. Okay, so when Mormons really say, <laughs>
0: "Yeah," when Mormons say you have to rely upon observing the laws and ordinances of the gospel, they're telling you you're under a curse if you do.
1: That's why they want you to read the Book of Mormon, not the and Bible. And not the Bible. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then on chapter verse eleven, clearly no one is justified before God by the law.
0: So there, that, that's very plain. We can't really get more plain no than that. No
1: justified <laughs> before God.
0: And, and you don't get to go to I heaven unless you are justified yep. uh, before God. Now we have one in chapter 2, verse 21.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorites. Oh, I, love I it. do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So did Jesus die could, on the
0: cross for nothing?
1: If you have to earn your own way, what do you need Jesus for?
0: Well, why, yeah. did he, why did he go through all of that, all that he went through, yeah. uh, just so that we could work our way to heaven? If people could get there any other way, then Jesus did die for nothing. Now, he tells us that relying upon religious law and commandments is a curse. It is not a salvation. Mormonism teaches the opposite. That Christ's atonement is effective only for those who keep the law and the commandments. Over and over and over again, when we listen and read to Mormonism's teachings, we read, keep the laws, keep the commandments, obey them all to reach eternal life. And the LDS and the Mormon polygamists have so many laws that have nothing to do with eternal life. They have the law of chastity, the law of tithe, the law of consecration, the law of celestial marriage, or polygamy, the Law of the priesthood, the law of the word of wisdom, this law and that law, and there are no such laws in God's kingdoms. Did I miss any laws that we could have put uh, in the list?
1: Probably, but uh, <laughs> just more of the same. And nothing Jesus ever talked about.
0: Nothing. No, no there was none of that that Jesus talked about. And by the works of the law, no one will ever be right before God. Anyway, they're under a curse if they try. And to show how rogue Mormonism's doctrines are, we have a quote from Spencer W. Kimball that essentially calls Jesus a deceiver and a liar.
1: Yeah, this is strange. Page 206, and I know I read this as a good Mormon boy. One of the most fallacious doctrines originated by Satan and propounded by man is that man is saved alone by the grace of God that belief in jesus christ alone is all that is needed for salvation
0: and that's exactly what the bible teaches (laughs) isn't it it? exactly what and it is not false it's true jesus said in john 5 24 quote i tell you the truth Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So did Jesus lie? He's the Savior. He would know how to get saved. He said to believe. He didn't say to work or obey Mormon laws. Eternal life is a gift. Romans 3.23.
1: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord.
0: Gift of God, a gift yeah. is eternal life, not through obedience to laws and ordinances, but through Jesus Christ our Lord, who purchased salvation for us. Eternal life's a gift. You can't earn it. Works to earn salvation are a curse. So the third article of faith actually leads people astray from the truth.
1: Yeah, and I never really understood that concept of a free gift of a yeah. gift. I mean I'd read that other these other scriptures so many times, and yeah. but it never meant anything.
0: And, and of course, you think people think, uh, how can you get such a great gift or uh, such a great thing like heaven without earning it? I mean that that's a natural thing that yeah. that, that you would think, but that's how great God is. Is not mm-hmm. that how wonderful He is?
1: Yeah, that's it's. it's how it's,
0: kind and loving
1: it's so simple and so godlike, as i say all the time it's just amazing
0: and the simplicity of it is a big part of it too because he made it so that not only is it so simple that anyone can do it but it's so simple that no one will have an excuse for why they didn't
1: do it Ah, good point And what do we do to work the works of God? And that's believe in believe Jesus Christ.
0: in the one he has sent. It's always believe. It's not works. Yeah. Now, the Bible does talk about works, but that's after we have taken his gift. After we have received his gift by faith yeah. uh, through his grace, then, then of course, good works will follow because we're saved to do good works. We're not saved to do evil things, of course.
1: And everybody I run into that's been born again and become a new creature it strives to serve. And mm-hmm. strive out
0: of to appreciation to God for yeah. what he's done. He's yeah. gives us a new heart and yeah. a new eternity. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. I you appreciate
1: it. <laughs> <Yeah>, my pleasure. I'd
0: <laughs> like to bring out some of these little points in and, and comparing the differences. Yeah. You know, Mormon polygamists teach you that you must be a polygamist in order to be saved. LDS teaches that everyone gets salvation in some form, and both are wrong. Those who do not believe God cannot be saved. Those who don't love the truth can't be. Those who rely on good works can't be saved. Those who do not believe that Jesus is who he said he was cannot be saved. And those who depend upon celestial marriage or polygamy can't be saved. And they'll be horribly disappointed when they discover that it's not by marriage or works, but it is by grace, through faith alone, a gift purchased for us on our behalf by Jesus Christ. And the teaching that obedience to laws, ordinances, and commandments is a stumbling stone that trips up too many people. Don't miss the grace of God. Test what you believe. Check it out because it's your eternity and eternity is a long, long time. Thanks for watching.